podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back. Coffee is brewing. Back and ready to grift. We're grifting our way to another, I don't even know, million, yeah, million, million, million dollar quarter. Um, stealing from all of our listeners. You know, the grift is always, it's always been on. It's always going to be on. But um, yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game, I guess. That, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. And know what I also have to say is that the wait is finally over. Football is back. You still got at least when you're listening to this, at least one more NBA Finals game to listen to. You have or to bet on. You have all sorts of Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football's in full swing. Those doofuses out in the Big Ten and Pac-12, they're getting back into the game as well. So it's never been a better time to get over to BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook or experts and are exclusive online wagering partners they're the best they are the best um can't bet on the chiefs today sadly but you can bet on them tomorrow yeah well as they're listening to this. oh yeah it is today yeah technically technically um yeah chiefs are back on like 6 p.m or something yeah it's wild i'm happy about that so yeah everyone uh get over to betonline.ag and bet bet on the chiefs to win big that's what i have to say so let's get into it before we do coffee of the pod because it's a review pod I brewed up uh, a Hy-Vee exclusive, the pumpkin spiced roastery beans. Brewed that up and threw it in this uh, travel yeti before I came over. You're sipping on something that smells real good. I don't know what it is. Huh. It's uh, at least I don't know the bean. Just uh, some black coffee. Um, I think it's a light roast. Um, I don't know. Not sure. It just tastes pretty standard. Well, hey, you know what? Nothing's better than coffee on a nice but cool I fall. Hand morning. ground the beans. Whoa, hand which, grinder. Uh, yeah, I got a hand grinder. I don't recommend it. It oh, takes okay. like ten to minutes to just do like a spoonful. But oh, that's wild. Uh, it is good. I mean, it's fun to do, and it's it looks cool over there. It's like a nice little decorative piece, but it works, and I use it um, because I forgot to buy actual coffee grounds i only bought the beans so i'm um, always a bean guy but i also have an electric grinder yeah those are better i should probably get one of those but uh, the hand grinder it does the trick um shall we get into the game that was a terrifying but satisfying win yeah no let, let's get to it i mean 31 21 i mean i'll take it 10 points you'll always take a 10 point win but i mean it was gut-wrenching as hell i think anyone who follows me and follows you on Twitter. Um, I don't think we were in a great mental state during the third quarter. I was not feeling good. I mean, Skyler gets knocked out. Um, that created some instability, some some um, probably fear creeping into fans' heads um, to bring in a green true freshman like that. And we were also just bleeding points. <laughs> they scored 21 straight, and it was not looking good. Um, but Cats pulled it out Yeah, when they, we had to. Pulled it out when we had to, made the plays when we needed to. Um, 
And we pulled it out by being one of the most explosive teams yeah, in the that, country. I mean, and that's wild. That that really is wild because we're, we're not doing it by the blueprint we've come to know and love, at least on the offensive end of side. I, I mean, no, it's crazy. And, you know, th- this isn't we'll, – we'll talk specifically about the defense uh, later on, of course, during our defensive game review. But we are like – the most bend but don't break like defense that I've like that I've that I've ever seen. I mean, I mean not ever, but through three games, I mean we've depended on trying to force college kickers hashtag college kickers to make somewhat difficult field goals. We've been forcing turnovers. We've been trying our best to keep folks out of the end zone. I mean, it it, it is the most bend but don't break defense like ever, but. I don't know why. Is it just because like there's hope in that they're better athletes that it doesn't suck to watch as much as it did like under the previous regime? Because that just wasn't fun defense. I mean, you know, three four years ago, but this year it's fun. Not even necess- though it's the same. I think it's just that we need to find better ways to get off the field on third down because we're forcing a lot of third downs and we're not getting off the field. That and is that's true. That's what's creating a bend don't break it's allowing the opposing offenses to stay on the field and it makes it seem like we're giving up all this space and all this yardage but the reality is i mean we just can't get those third down stops it's it's different from um you know the days of old where you kind of knew okay we're gonna let this team march down and when the field gets shorter then we'll kind of tighten up the screws but i mean our defensive philosophy is obviously different than that yeah, no, it, it is, and I think we even saw saw us get burnt uh, by not being the true bend but don't break on you know some of those zero blitzes where they then pop the big runs that uh, yeah get them either in the end zone or right close to the end zone. So you're you're correct. It's not the traditional bend but don't break. It just is. Now there were some similar. Issues. There are some puzzling times where you know it's short yardage to go and we are allowing a 10 foot a 10 yard uh cushion like that fourth and three where it's like literally 10 yards off of the defenders and you know what's coming you absolutely know what they're going to do you can say it before they do it and they do it there's absolutely wide open guy all he needs to do is do a little five and out or just run five yards and turn around and there's no one near him and that shit is so frustrating i'll never understand it but i'm not a I'm not a football coach. You so. also you don't know shit about football. I don't so. know shit about football. I'm just here grifting away. Yep. So th- there were some big plays. You said it. Uh, go for it. Uh, you you said the big plays, and and that is what's wild about. We saw, uh, you know, the Deuce touchdown run. Although that was only about 22 yards. You had the big play that iced the game. You had Briley Moore's big catch and run. Um, it it is just wild to see it because we've been we, we've been on the receiving side of some of that and probably since Tyler Lockett you didn't really feel that you could have a big play anytime a player touched the ball but I think we are now to the point where we don't have to put qualifiers on it um, Deuce Vaughn is that guy anytime he touches it he could take it the distance he's a stud and it surprises me every time because a lot of his big plays are born out of like broken tackles and you just don't expect to see that from a guy who's 5'5 and maybe 160 maybe maybe I don't think so no there's but maybe there's no um, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, very small and but he's I mean yeah he's an absolute stud he's the a balance is unreal very balanced um he's got an amazing um start 
his acceleration is just like unbelievably quick and he's got more speed more straightaway speed than i think he's given credit for um but yeah he's clearly our most dangerous weapon already at this point and i mean if we can get some more people to contribute um, particularly out. wide receivers i mean we will there's no reason we i think there's already no reason we can't be dreaming about Arlington. I mean, we'll obviously get into that, but man, Deuce Vaughn is very fun, and it fucking sucks that he has to break out this year when you know we can't all be there to appreciate his brilliance because he's amazing. I love him. I I agree with you 100. So let, let's talk real quick. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on some of this in the Q and A's, but let's talk about some of the very hard hits and at least stuff that I perceive as cheap shots that honestly went both ways. Um, if, cause I'm, we're going to try to be a little unbiased here. Let's go in chronological order. Let's start with the Khalid Duke hit that again, puts Bowman out of the game again, r- regardless, before we like continue, you feel for a guy, you know, British comedy legend, Alan Bo- Bowman, um, you feel for him because he's a guy who has now had to deal with probably career, not career season ending injuries, like three times in his young career. Um, yeah, it sucks to see again, football is football is football, but no matter who it is seeing an injury like that, it just sucks. And for a guy who has had to deal with it his entire career, just yeah. unfortunate. he's had horrible luck. I mean, hopefully he can come back. I, he was really struggling with like that lateral movement, which is pretty worrying. But the but fact that he was up and trying, yeah. and that was after halftime, he went in. During the first half, he came back. I mean, I, it probably isn't se- season-ending for him. I mean, I'll keep an ear out, but I I don't think it's quite season-ending. But on the hit, so Cleed Duke, it's a low hit. It came from behind. It came after the ball was released. Um, at least my take on it, and you can tell me if you th- see it differently. I thought because of the way he was being blocked, he was behind the play. Um, I don't think he knew he threw the ball. I'm And, again, maybe I'm being homer. Maybe I'm being biased, but I just don't think – Khalid Duke knew that, and he just was trying to finish out the play. Again, you don't want to be going low, but that was not his fault. He was pushed down. He's being blocked down. That's where his leverage was, and he wasn't not going to try to take down the quarterback if he thought he saw the ball. I mean, I completely agree. I don't think that there was anything malicious in in his intent. You know, he's just trying to get to the quarterback, and he was being blocked low. Um, It's just unfortunate that he has to barrel through a guy's knees, but – I don't think that it was intentional by any means. Yeah, but but it is a hit you don't necessarily want to see. But let's get to the retaliation hit on Skyler. I think it was one of the most advert and obvious cheap shots I've seen. And apparently I heard this, uh, I think it was Derek Young and John Kurtz, they did a YouTube live after the game. I think they said they even saw the player then point at the K-State sidelines after I'll have to rewatch. Hit. Um, well, it, I w- rewatched the game this morning after they said that. You don't see it on the broadcast. So that's what they said if I heard them correctly. So it obviously was a cheap shot. It was something that uh, they were trying to do. And, yes, he was ejected for the rest of the game. I think the Big 12 should suspend him. Chris Kleiman didn't really throw much of a fit about that, and I think that's due to the respect he has for Matt Wells. Um, him and Matt Wells are buddies in the coaching fraternity. Um, but 
were not buddies with Matt Wells and the coaching fraternity. Um, what what was your opinion on it, and what do you think uh, should happen? Should that ejection be enough, or are you thinking the Big 12 needs to step up and suspend him for another game? I mean, I don't think that they will. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I think you'll never really know, obviously. But um, you can't have – first of all, you can't have a linebacker running completely unabated at your quarterback. Um, yes, you can't, can't let that That's happen. troubling and worrisome, but – um, I don't know. I mean, it was a pretty vicious hit. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would go as far as say that as that was like obvious retribution, but it certainly ended up that way. Knocked Skyler out of the game and you know, it was a hit that was worthy of a rejection or an ejection and um I just hope Skyler can recover. I mean I've been DM'd uh, by some folks that um, have told me that it's insider not as bad, alert. Insider alert. I don't know what their source is. I don't know if I can trust this person at all. But um, I mean, I was told that the injury doesn't look as bad as initially we thought. So um, here's hoping that Skyler can come back quickly. I don't know if he'll be back for TCU. That seems like quite a stretch, but it's frustrating because I think he was playing pretty well and for him to get knocked out, it really kind of threw off our rhythm and put a lot of pressure on us. So, And after that, I felt that TCU still continued to hit high, throwing guys down after the play, a lot of They were no doubt dirty. Shuffing. I mean. Uh, but I, so I didn't phrase it like that in the outline for the pure fact that we then turn around and had three reviewed and know what's wild about the reviews. I think TJ Smith had another hit that wasn't reviewed that I thought maybe was worse than the ones that got reviewed. So, um, you know, nothing, no ejections. I can see the argument each time I thought, okay, he's gone, but I'm just, I, I guess I'm just surprised. Um, but, but again, for at least K-State's maybe I'm being Homer. I don't think any of those were advertly, no. dirty either because each time the texas tech guy was already descending and k-state had already started their act of tackling so i think honestly that's what saved each one of those reviewed targeting calls i hate the targeting targeting rule i think it's puts way too much uh strain on the player i mean i understand where the rule is born out of it's you know protect to protect these young men obviously that's but it's just it, – it, like the enforcement of the rule oftentimes doesn't make sense. I think they got both the calls right. Um, I'm surprised um, that they went to the booth with Eli Sullivan and were so adamant about that, yeah, this is targeting, after seeing it multiple times. It's like – I mean, he lowered his head, I guess, but didn't hit any part of the um, offensive player's body with his head, and he, like, barely scraped it with his shoulder pad. It's just – it's a fucking stupid rule. They need to – I don't know. They need to figure out a way to make it more clear and concise for the referees to stop, you know, constantly stopping the game for these hits that are just, like, run-of-the-mill. Um, I don't get it. I mean, T.J. Smith was incredibly lucky to stay <laughs> on. I, I He might have had three targeting hits, but um, I think both the ones that they called were were correct. I mean, you know, J Mac didn't do it either. So. Oh yeah, J Max. That was the one that I had the least amount of concern when they reviewed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just don't get. It. I understand, like, keep your eyes up, but norm naturally, when you tackle somebody, your head is going to go down not five half the time. Like, just naturally, it's not like 
I don't know. It's fucking stupid. I don't think almost all the targeting, except for maybe the one hit on Skylar Thompson, are just like inadvertent. Like I'm just naturally moving my body down, and this is where my head ends up. And know what's wild? Even the one on Skylar Thompson, I'm glad there was an ejection, but I think that had more to do with how late, late it was yeah. and how it seemed like an obvious uh, like revenge call. Like even his, like he kind of bowed his head, but it almost. I mean it. I mean, it was close. Even that one was close. But we'll move on from that uh, real quick. You know, lots of injuries on our side. The, the biggest ones, obviously, being Thompson. We touched on that a little bit. We will later. Uh, BB, that one really hurt. And, again, that kind of came on that questionable fake field goal call. Gill, he's done. I mean, he, ugh, they. I had a, someone try to send me a slow-mo video of it on Snapchat. Right when I saw what, what it was with Gill with his arm, no, I'm not even going to watch it. And then Gardner late. Um, besides Skyler, of those three, which one of those do you think – well, I mean, it was obviously B because his was early, the other two were late. But of the other three, which ones of those concern you the most looking at TCU and beyond? Got to go with BB, um, considering just how thin our line is looking already. Um, and then if I'm going to rank them, I would say Gardner with how thin our secondary looks and the inexperience there. Um looks like Gill might be out for a while. Um, and he's honestly played pretty well. Um, I think two unexpected, I mean, our most consistent wide receivers maybe, Philip Brooks and, and Gill. Is that fair? Uh, I mean, Taylor. I put Taylor. Taylor, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's probably Brooke, our best weapon. Brooks has had a good couple of games. Again, he can give you that jet look, and then he's been pretty sure-handed. So. But, yeah, if I were to rank him, I would say uh, BB um, – Gardner and then Gill. Yep, no, I agree with you, and we'll we'll rush through these last few points uh, quickly and get into th- uh, everything because we'll touch on most of this again. Tons of young guys playing. That's exciting uh, for the future and for this year. You are at the top of the Big Twelve standings with our friends, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and uh, surprisingly, the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, I, you know, we like to shit on them, and I think if we wanted to uh, blame Lincoln Riley. Um, for Oklahoma losing, not give credit to Iowa State, we could. But I'm feeling generous, so shout out to Iowa State for being 2-0 in the Big 12. Um, Yardage-wise, Tech outgained K-State 471-404, to but against the hitting yardage and special teams plays and turnovers that help K-State wins. Turnovers, K-State still perfect game so far on the year. Uh, Tech, one interception, so that's good. Penalties, six for Texas Tech for 71 yards, only four for 35 for K-State. Big-time improvement, and again, something we will talk about at least one more time, maybe two more times, third and fourth down efficiency. Texas Tech, nine for 18 on third down, two for three on fourth. K-State, six for 12 on third down, zero for one on fourth. And I think, I think this is right. Don't, like, execute me in a public square if this is wrong. I think eight of those nine for Texas Tech all came in a row. Uh, Yes, they they had eight in a row, that I'm pretty sure. Why. Which was why I was absolutely panicking, because we were just bleeding yardage. We couldn't get a stop. And we had so many opportunities to get them off the field, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, so that's wild. But, you know, it is what it is. So let's just let's just jump into it. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. And as it is for 2020, that is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Because I'll tell you what, if you want to have good ball offense, go to Manscaped.com. Uh, 
head over there, manscaped.com, for the Lawn Mower 3.0. Yes, I wasn't going to talk about this on our last podcast. I wanted to be respectful of our of Emily, who, by the way, a, just a great show. We haven't had a reception for a Friday show like that since we started doing Free Play Friday. So shout out to Emily. But again, I wasn't going to talk about it in front of her because I would get embarrassed. But the Lawn Mower <laughs> 3.0 has this ceramic skin safe guard so you're not going to nick snag or cut your nuts it's amazing you can use it in a shower has an led light so you could do it in a dark shower as you've said before who would want to do that but if you want to you could you could i used it yesterday i'm smooth as a turtle shell down there that's a turtle shell. i've never heard that as a description go so. to manscaped.com and you can pick up also the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Um, they also have that um, little sp- which one? Now which one is which? Which is the spritzer? The spritzer is the. Is that uh, the Crop Preserver? No, that's uh, they have, they all have fun names. I don't the know. Crop Preserver is the the lotion thing. Yeah, I don't know. There's a deodorant. They have an antioxidant moisturizer. That's a spritzer. It's awesome. And of course, you're showing them to me. It's the tradition on Sunday. The Manscaped. Boxer briefs, they never talk about them in their ad reads, but they're amazing. If you use promo code ARMCHAIR, you get 20% off and free shipping. That's promo code ARMCHAIR for 20% off and free shipping. Let's talk about the offense. First off, I want to talk Courtney Messingham play calling. So I think almost similar to the Oklahoma game, it was a tale of not two full halves, but just two distinct different periods. First off, I'm obsessed with the Jet read play action it is i i love that so much you bring the wide receiver in motion you can give it you can keep it the quarterback can run you can do a downfield pass or you can just dunk it off for philip brooks for eight yards i love that play i like how creative he was getting especially when skyler was still in the game he has a full portfolio and i think that is why we were so down when skyler went out uh and it was awesome. It was creative. I, I was having a lot of fun watching it. Then when Will Howard came in, and it really started after we did get that touchdown drive, I think he went too conservative, and it got to a point where they were trying to bottle up Deuce Vaughn. They were bottling up Harry Trotter. They were, you know, nine in the box, and it just it just wasn't working. When we fell behind, he had to start getting creative again, and it worked. And uh, – Assuming Skyler misses TCU again, you have inside sources. Maybe I won't. Mi- no, don't sell yourself short. You are officially an insider. Um, so who knows if he actually will miss it? But but if he does, he needs to he needs to open it up more for the young quarterback. Otherwise, I I don't believe enough in our offensive line to just hand the ball off forty times and beat TCU. No, and there were a couple times yesterday that I mean, I I thought he played a or he called a pretty good game, and I really like the package with three backs in the back group field. Oh, yeah. Cats um, in the cradle, baby. Sweep to the side with Deuce Vaughn with uh, kind of an envoy in front of him. That's a great package that we're gonna get a lot of use out of. Um, but a couple times yesterday he was trying to again run between the tackles, back to back plays, and getting nothing out of it. It's just like it's not working, <laughs> especially with Deuce Vaughn. Please don't run Deuce Vaughn between the tackles anymore um, when you're under center. I hate it. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think the second Will came in, um, 
he you could tell that the the um, portfolio of plays shrunk quite a bit, which is completely understandable and to be expected. But um, we're not gonna. I mean, we're two and zero in the conference right now, and the conference is as bad as I've seen it in a long time. I think that there's legitimate parity across the board outside of KU. They're beyond terrible. Um, so let's. I mean, if it is Will Howard going forward, we're gonna have to open things up and just let the young man go, see what he can do. Because yeah. you're not gonna win games um, trying to protect, uh, trying to be conservative and trying to protect um, his mental state. Just let him fucking play. He's in. Yeah. Let him go. And, and I, I'm glad you said that because here's the thing: if if he is going to play. We're beyond the point of like, all right, don't don't mentally all that type of stuff. Here's the thing, it, especially if it's going to be extended amount of time, you just have to let the kid play. Let's see what what can happen again. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. He had he made some good throws. It, it is not all there, and I don't think we're a better team with him than we are with Skyler. But he proved he can do it. He can be composed. There there were one there was one throw. That I there, well, there was two throws. There was the he missed Malik in the red zone, uh, where he airmailed it a little bit, and there was one where I thought, oh god, that's a pick six. Luckily, he put he had a little bit more under it than that. But outside of those two, there was nothing egregiously bad from his game. So Messingham, give him a full week to game plan with Howard. I think we will see uh, some some more creativity and just letting him play instead of trying to protect him. Because here's the thing. They, they tried to protect him and we lost the lead that that's flat and simple. We lost the lead. We lost the momentum and then we had to get it back. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we go position by position, end of half aggressive strategy. We talked about last year and I think this year was a big miss. You had two timeouts. You had the ball with, I think a minute nine, 50 yeah, at yeah, least almost like, two minutes and you just kind of r- run it out. I don't and, like that. And yeah. again, again, I, I do, un- I do understand. I, I see where coach Kleiman's coming from, but you have two timeouts. You're only up 14 and tech was getting the ball to start the half. If we were getting the ball to start the half, I, I'd be like, okay, you know, you're going to get the ball up in the second half up 14. That wasn't the case. And again, we saw what happened. Tech came out. They scored on three straight possessions. We were not looking great when we came out after the second half. So, again, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, you throw 100%, but that one still kind of bothers me. It bothers me, too. I I don't like being that conservative. Um, I obviously understand why you want to protect, protect the lead, but – in games like the Big 12, when people can score um, in snap of a finger, you've got to be able to um, kind of put your foot on the gas and put your put your foot on the throat if you have the chance to do it. I mean, two minutes, approximately two minutes, I think it was about 150, um, and two timeouts, go for it. I mean, at least try to get a first down and see if you can get in field goal range. Um, extend your lead when you have the chance to do it. And I just want to touch on Howard again real quick. I'm sure it's more of, obviously, a combination of, yeah, maybe they're out, they are trying to protect his confidence a little bit um, in a difficult situation. Um, but it's obviously there is the variable of he is a freshman and he probably does not have the grasp of the offense like Skyler, a fifth-year senior, obviously does. So I understand – narrowing the uh, portfolio of plays like we did. And maybe we didn't, and it, it was just it looked like a conservative nature. But 
um, yeah, we're going to have to start opening things up for Will going forward. And um, if it if it is him in the driver's seat, then give him the keys and let him let him go. Yep. So let's talk about quarterback Skyler again. He went five for ten, um, and some a couple egregious drops amongst those misses. One touchdown, three rushes for twenty one yards, including a big third down pickup. Again, I think that's something where we're going to miss Skyler even more than folks realize is his ability is to run and pick up those first. Definitely games. more mobile than Will Howard is. Um, I mean, you could see that right from the start. Um, I agree. I agree. We're, I, I mean, it's frustrating. I, I mean, you look at that stat line, 5 for 10, a touchdown, three rushes for 21 yards, and it's not eye-popping, but I thought he looked more accurate and more poised and making quick decisions in the pocket that were the right decisions. Going and it's a shame he got knocked out. Because I honestly think if he stays in, we win by I, comfortably. I think we win comfortably. Oh, one hundred percent. The the momentum, ho- like pr- obviously, doesn't change in the first half. You're probably getting maybe one more score, and you're going up either I fourteen. Mean, if you or have Skyler with two minutes left and oh, two yeah. timeouts, you go. F- you probably make an effort there. Yeah, I I agree. So. You're, you're definitely doing that, and I think that you maybe don't start off so cold in the second half. But, again, uh, that's something you don't know. Uh, Will Howard's stat line, it, it was a good stat line. Seven for 12 on passing, one touchdown. I think it was 172 yards, five rushes, eight yards. Not great. Um, we already talked about Skyler. He, he was in such a good rhythm before getting knocked out. Uh, two of the drop balls were touchdowns. Offense was looking good. Stalled a little bit when Howard came in. We've talked play calling and all that type of stuff, but let's talk specifically Howard. What did he do well in your eyes, and what are you hoping we see an improvement on between you know now and possibly Saturday versus TCU? He's what did he do well? He made he stepped up when he had to. Two third and fives, third and five, and a third and four that sealed the game at the end of the game, and um, that took a lot of courage. That took a lot of poise. And he, you know, ha- hit Chabashan uh, Taylor accurately. Yeah, that pitch and catch with Chabashan to pick up that third down, that I think, that or the throw to Briley Moore was his best play because definitely both of those were timing plays. Both of them, he, they put on the money. The, the pass to Deuce Vaughn, we'll talk about this in the Deuce Vaughn section of the show. It was behind him. It, it was a little bit of a... Duck, but guess what? He, he allowed his playmaker to make a play, so you, you can't take that away from him. But that wasn't impressive to me. Impressive to me was the pitch-and-catch timing route right at the sticks to Jabashan Taylor and that throw through a window to Briley Moore. And that allowed Briley Moore to then turn up and look like a freaking all-Big 12 tight end. And I could be wrong, but, if I mean, if memory serves, he was rolling out, rolling out, side of the pocket to his right and threw it on the run to Bradley Moore, which was a great, accurate pass. Um, and to go back to that Deuce Vaughn play, I mean, it is important to note that, you know, he did notice. I mean, they had a connection yeah, there. Yeah, that where was they, a pre-snap read, yep. Where they saw, okay, I've got Deuce Vaughn on a linebacker, and this has potential for probably not a big play. But, you know, this is where I'm going to go to to get to the sticks, and it paid off. I mean, he was able to see that before the snap and that's honestly encouraging going forward I mean what do I want him to improve um I think he was quick to release the ball a few times um his accuracy wasn't he wasn't totally on obviously he had some high throws that um should have been caught 
probably. Um, I mean, two just bounced off the hands of our receivers, one off of uh, Vaughn's hands, but and Weber as well. Um, it's and I don't. I mean, I. It's hard to say otherwise because I just feel like we were so conservative, but those are the two most glaring things. I think he was a little uncomfortable in the pocket early um, and was wanting to get rid of the ball pretty quickly, um, and that showed in his accuracy. But otherwise, I mean, he played well. Um, he got us over the line, and it's definitely encouraging going forward for sure. Yep. So Excellent experience. Yes, yes, excellent experience. Again, true freshman quarterback. Loses the league, gets it back, wins an improbable game. Um, I, you can't give them anything except for passing marks. So, of course, it's created a fever pitch amongst fans. Um, no one no one wants to see Skylar Thompson hurt. Hopefully it gets back to being 100% healthy. Um, you and I, I at least, I, I don't want to assume for you, but at least I'm at the point where that still wasn't enough from Howard to say, okay, if Skylar's healthy – Let's go with him, especially because we are seeing how the Big 12 is playing out. I assume you're on the same page as that statement. Yeah, I mean, I think 10 out of 10 times, Skyler's healthy. I think he's superior, obviously, to Will Howard at this stage. Um, he's a better runner. He's got a full grasp of the, of the offense, and, you know, he's – more, I mean, he is like a game manager type of quarterback, I guess, but he's got so much experience of with just pure grit and toughness that has dragged us to so many wins, so many come-from-behind wins. I mean, he's got he, – yeah, I, I think he's probably the fifth-best quarterback in the conference maybe, and you could make an argument for probably four to six that range, which is fine. He's – He's more of a game manager type player, but he's also got an it factor to him that has won a lot of games for us, and it's it's undeniable. He's also a talented quarterback that when he's in his bag, we are on another level. It's undeniable. Um, and I think the Big 12 is clearly wide open. Uh, look, we're 2-0, and um, and yes, this is a flawed squad, but the whole fucking conference is is flawed. Nobody is clear cut ahead of anyone else. Maybe Oklahoma State looks like they've probably got the most complete team. I don't know. But who have they played? KU oh. and West, Vir West, Vir West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. Two probably bottom three teams. So we don't know what West they Virginia are. They looked like Baylor, shit they? against Tulsa. They didn't look good against West Virginia. And... It's wide open. Yeah, it's absolutely wide not open. Beating there's no reason KU to team be by like, 50 points. Woof. Yeah, there's That's no it. reason to be like, why not? I mean, I'm not I, saying why not yet. I might be coming on here next weekend saying why not. I'm not quite there. That's a yet. good point, actually. If we go to TCU and I'll, win, then I there will be serious reason to believe that we can make a run. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm saying why not at least like be in the hunt. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, we will be on the fringe, I think, if yeah, if we can stay consistent. Here's the thing. OU already has two losses. Texas should have two losses. And Oklahoma State has looked flawed. You can't tell me that Iowa State's going to run the table. Again, congrats on gritting out the game versus TCU. And congrats on beating the worst Oklahoma team, you know, this millennium. 
Congrats. Like, I'm, I, I know that sounded sarcastically, but I mean it. Congratulations. But you can't tell me that either one of those teams are going to run the table and you're already – At least I'm, confidently. Yeah, at least confidently. And Oklahoma at this point now with two losses, they have to be perfect the entire way out. Again, sitting at 2-0 and at least allows you to think about it and have those conversations. You're sitting here next week at 3-0, and then, I mean, let's going into a bye week – Let's full on have that realistic analytical conversation. Not quite there yet, but I agree with you. As long as and I, I'm prepared to sit here next week, depending on what you know Will Howard looks like, I might change my mind if Will Howard comes out and has a massive game versus a Gary Patterson defense in his first ever start. Then there might be the conversation and have okay, how much of a drop off is it really? And you also have to factor in the future. I'm willing to have that conversation, but I want to see what it looks like a week of him being QB1. Which I pray he does. Yes. Oh, my God. It would be amazing. Again, If he comes in and just lights it up and we beat TCU, okay, let's go. Let's fucking rock and roll. But but I want to see it before I'm going to anoint him first. So let's move on to the offensive line. I, I personally think it was the most complete game, but it did leave a lot to be desired. Uh, something that I love seeing Christian Duffy starting at left tackle where it all started to go wrong though. Cooper BB, you know, gets rolled up on during that fake field goal. And then he has to shift to the right tackle spot. Let's talk about those two things first. Do you agree with me? That was the most complete game so far and B am I right to be, I would say a level seven concern if BB is out and Levinson is starting next week versus TCU. Yeah, uh, Levinson, he struggled quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think that's a valid concern, um, and I, you know, I appreciate the the DEFCON level <laughs> that you put yourself at. Um, but I mean, that's just karma for the terrible um, field goal, fake field goal call. By the way, what the fuck was yeah, that? Yeah, I don't that know if I had that in special ridiculous. teams. Fourth and ten, and we'll you're t- we'll running. talk about it on what special the fuck teams. was that? We'll talk but anyways, about, well, um, I agree with you. I would agree that it was probably the most complete game. Um, but yeah, the B, uh, BB injury is very concerning. I mean, just with how inexperienced we are already, and the COVID, and uh, you know, lack of depth already. Um, it's just any injury is pretty much a nightmare right now. But to have an injury to one of our better linemen, um, it's not good. I thought true freshman Carver Willis actually looked very good in his you know first game playing in his career. Again, so I don't want to turn this into a rundown KT Levison pod, but I I personally think that I saw enough from Carver Willis to say, hey, like if you if it's not straight up start him, I want to at least see rotation between those two versus TCU because again I. I, I legitimately thought in the snaps he got, I rewatched it. I, th- I thought he looked legitimately up to the task. Granted, Texas Tech, one of the worst defenses in the Big 12, we're about to go up against one of the better and most creative defenses in the Big 12. Um, so who knows what they'll look like. Are you at a position where you would say, all right, uh, start or at least platoon Willis? Or do you want to say, all right, let's see what KT Leviston can do in that first half before you jump to a true freshman at TCU. Um, Especially at left tackle, which is wild. 
I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough. And I think even without injuries, we're still going to see a lot of, like, musical chairs because everyone's just so green on the line. So, um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be willing to give Willis a shot. He played well. Um, and Levison, I really did think, kind of s- stood out yesterday um, and not in a good way. But um, who knows? Um, it could very easily just flip next week. So, um, I don't know. I expect to see a lot of rotation going forward. I don't necessarily expect Willis to be plugged in as a starter now, but we'll find out. Yeah, only a handful of penalties. Um, You know, again, all of that was cleaned up a lot, but you still gave up a sack. You still gave up four tackles for a loss. You still gave up three quarterback hits, and one of those quarterback hits doesn't include the late hit because that's in the official stats gets negated for the penalty. So it was an improvement versus OU, but again, you know, you're, you look at the defensive front eight of Texas Tech and you still see a sack. You still see four tackles for a loss. You still got three quarterback hurries plus that free shot late hit. Um, and you know what? How, Howard, to his credit, he, he did have to run for his life on a couple of those plays. Um, I'm not prepared to say that was good enough or a big enough improvement on last week for me to – uh, have a warm, fuzzy feeling, especially going into TCU. Um, are you a little bit more optimistic, or are you in that same boat with me? TCU worries me, for sure. Um, I think they're going to have a field day with our line um, and a possible freshman quarterback starting. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel good about it. Um, definitely not enough evidence for me to be like, yeah, they've turned a corner. I thought they they played a more complete game, for sure, but um, – not agree. I agree. Not a big enough jump for me to be like, all right, we've they've established themselves. I mean, we still don't even know who the fuck's going to be. It, it, there's there's going to be a lot of rotation, um, and there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies. So I think just they're going to have to grow into their roles throughout the season, and it's going to be a process. Yep, they we we did get four point seven yards per carry. Four different guys getting a run over ten yards. One hundred ninety eight total yards rushing. All of that is good, but, you know, we just said our confidence in the offensive line moving forward, not where we'd hope it'd be before we play TCU. Let's just get into tight ends and fullbacks. We'll run through everyone except for Briley Moore real quick. Fullbacks, Jax and Barta both played. Jax looked to get banged up a couple of times. Both, I thought, were, had solid games. Barta made more impact blocks than I remember, and Jax didn't have any of those, like, big swing and a miss uh, like blocks that he sometimes does. And even late in the game, you saw him stacked down on the tight end or tackle to help in pass pro. Um, just give me, you know, a two-second review on what you thought from those two games. Um, unremarkable. I mean, didn't really stand out, but did their jobs for the most part. So nothing really to take away from it for me. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, Nick Lenners, he was back, but you saw mainly on protection packages on special teams. Good to see him back. It sounds like he didn't practice at all last week, but having him in there for those protections are good. Hope to see him next week because he is a pretty good blocking tight end, and he's capable of catching the ball. Sammy Wheeler got some playing time, no targets, but let's get to it. Briley Moore, massive game. Only two catches, but they were two of the biggest plays of the game. The opening touchdown where Skyler threw a dart in, and he still had to make a good catch and take in impact, and the catch and run from Will Howard, which honestly I think was the game-saving and momentum-turning play. How fun is Briley Moore? He's really fun. He's very mobile. I would be 
inclined to try to target him a lot more, um, try to set up more plays to get him kind of, you know, isolated on maybe a smaller back, um, get some ju- – he's just really good. We need to use him a lot more than we do, and I think we actually try to target him a decent amount, especially with Skyler. They have a nice uh, connection, but he's great. I mean, he's probably the best tight end that we've had maybe in our lifetimes. Who the hell's better? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, at least as a playmaking tight end, I don't think anyone's better. I think even with the shortest shortened season, he's going to set the single-season record for touchdowns, and he might even get there for yards um, because I think three is the touchdown single season, and he's already at two. I think yards is 601, so it's going to be close. Um, it's wild. Um, I mean, we're three games in. Yeah, I, but again, that's 30% of the season instead of 25. Yeah. So it is shortened. Um, so we'll see what happens. Do you think there's any realistic hope that he comes back next season? Because I want him to so I bad. would be, like, doing everything I possibly could as a coaching staff um, to get him to consider it. But, I mean, he's definitely good enough to play <laughs> in the NFL. So, I mean, it just kind of depends on where – you know, they see him. So, I don't know. I fucking pray he does, though, because he's outstanding. Yeah. So, let's keep it going. Let's get to running backs. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who leads the team in rushing and receiving. Deuce fucking Vaughn, the true freshman, the tiny little baby himself. Uh, Just amazing. 16 rushes, 113 yards, one touchdown. And that's only on a long of 22 which makes that sat line amazing. Again, it's not like, you know, that he just had one massive long run and that's where his yards came from. The long was 22, so that means, like, every time he was touching the ball, he was getting 4-5, four, 4-5, five, four, five, and then boom, there's 12. Boom, there's 22. That's the type of stuff I didn't think we'd see from him. I thought he was a home run hitter only at running back, but that proved it to be wrong. Three receptions, 81 yards, one touchdown, almost all of it coming on that final play. But, again, just – how great was that game? I love him. I love him so much. And he I've said it, like, obviously I do not want to be using Deuce Vaughn in, like, shorts, not necessarily short-yarded situations, but, um, like, running between the tackle, power running game, what you would imagine, type of, the type of play that you would run during a short-yarded situation. Mm-hmm. But he's proven that he's actually not, like, he is far better of, uh, you know, like running inside and running between the tackles than you would ever expect. I think it's just because his, his shiftiness and his ability to just – he's so small that he can squirt into those gaps so well that he's honestly effective running up the middle so much more than I would ever imagine. But he's great. Um, super explosive. Uh, every time he touches the ball, it's like, I mean, he could break this. And he's done it. Like on his touchdown run, I was like, oh, fuck. I, I, I didn't think the corner? I didn't think he was going to even get to the edge, and he did, and then he and he did it again. Basically, the exact same play, he almost broke it again, um, breaking another tackle. I mean, he's extremely impressive. He's super level-headed, um, and if he ever does have an opportunity to go down, don't go down. Score yeah. the touchdown. I, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I love. He's so funny. Like he's very. He's a monk. He's a little monk. He's wise beyond his years. And for him to even, like, consider that is next-level type of, like, thinking for an 18-year-old 
to be thrust who has been like thrust into the spotlight so quickly. I don't want him to be. I mean, again, I it, it, say we are only up one. If there, I yeah. would I would agree. Yes. Yeah, go down. Or even like if it's a tie game and they don't have timeouts, like take the knee so you can ice it out. But that that touchdown put you up two scores. No, take it in the end zone, flex on them, ha- have fun. Um, the one other thing I want to touch on from his game: nineteen touches is a lot. I I think you and I had targeted about fifteen, being where we wanted the cap to be on that. Um, can he keep up nineteen touches a game as a realistic workload? I don't know. I don't that know. Scares me. I mean, I don't think I don't think he'll get nineteen touches a game, um, but. He's clearly our best weapon, so we want to get the ball in his hands as many times as we can. But it does it is concerning. I mean, he's for his body type, just naturally, if he's getting hit that much, it's going to be likely a problem. But you never know. He's tough. <laughs> he is tough. He is tough. Another guy who's tough, Harry Trotter, 12 carries, 43 yards, one touchdown. A lot of folks are down on Harry Trotter. He seemed to have a better game yesterday than I think folks wanted to give him credit for. And he's also, again, one of the better blockers amongst the running backs. Yes. When we're in that diamond formation, he just takes out a dude every single time. Yeah, and we're two guys that have been pretty vocal about Harry Charter wanting or wanting to have Harry Charter get less carries. But, I mean, I'll hold my hands up. I thought he had a pretty good game yesterday, and I'm glad that you brought up his blocking ability because – um, yeah, he's an excellent blocker, um, especially as a lead blocker. But the second that um, Skyler went down, I knew we were going to be seeing pretty much solely Harry Trotter in those situations because he's a great pass blocker too. And um, you just can't trust uh, Deuce or you know Jacardi Wright back there to protect a young quarterback that's going to be uh, nervous in the pocket. So um, I kind of – I mean, I would like to see – Jacardier get more touches, certainly, especially if we're just going to be plays where we're running kind of downhill, straightforward. But um, Harry Trotter ran pretty well yesterday for the most part. Yeah, I like I said, I thought he had a better game than most folks gave him credit for. Jacardier Wright, he got three carries, which is the most I think we've seen so far this season, 12 yards. He had a long of 12, so that, that basically you can do the math on that. He had one good play and then, you know, Couple a game or a small game, then a tackle for a loss. I think most fans want to see Wright fill that role that Trotter does, and he's just not able to fill it yet. I think he's in the process of getting back into the good graces with uh, with the coaching staff. So I think we're going to get there. I just think it's still going to take a couple more games. Um, what do you think of the handful of snaps he got, and do you think that he will be able to do that Harry Trotter role ever? Because maybe he just doesn't like to pass block. I mean, he wouldn't be the first running back who never wants to buy yeah. into that. I mean, well, he's going to have to get to like it. And it's simple as that. If he wants to play more, he's going to have to learn to pass block. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just probably, you know, Harry Trotter is kind of a safety net. And he's a sound running back. And he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and Jacardier is probably catching up, you know, I mean, that was the talk before the season was that Wright and um, Irvin, the lack of time together with the team, the lack of preparation really hurt them on the mental side of the game. And that's probably what's being seen here is Jacardi Wright's just not quite there um, 
mentally. He probably doesn't have a good grasp of the offense, the timing, all that stuff. I don't think it's an ability thing because, I mean, he looks like he has a pretty high ceiling. No, I, I agree with you, and I, and I think I think we'll get there. Um, I do want to give one shout-out to Keon Mosey. Uh, he played in that diamond formation that they rolled out. The one carry he had was negated on a penalty. But having both him and Vaughn in that formation, I mean, that just has to be scary for defensive coordinators to look at. Yeah, I mean, it allows you to open up both sides of the field. And um, I like Mosey. I think he's, I think he's going to play a, a bigger part this season than he has so far. No, I agree with you. Let's get into the wide receivers. Um, and sadly, there's just not a lot to talk about here. Sebastian Taylor. Two catches, 19 yards. Phillip Brooks, two catches, 16 yards. Knowles, one catch, seven yards. Weber had one pass dropped. Gill played no targets, had that bad arm injury. Youngblood didn't sh- like suit up. I mean, what, what can we expect from the wide receiver core mo- moving forward? Because Something, I'm, I hope. I mean, but I mean, I guess my frustration, is, or not frustration, my like retort to that is, okay, if the tight ends and running backs – can continue to be such a big role in the passing game. I mean, yes, you want your wide receivers to step up, but I'm, I'll be honest, I, I'm i probably overreacting, but my confidence level is just not there because even Shabashan had a pretty bad drop. Knowles, multiple bad drops. Uh, Weber, when you're out there again, it was high. You had to you know jump up to try mm-hmm. to get, but hit you in the hands, you have to come down with it. I just – I don't know. It's just, it's just wild that – that none of them have been able to, you know, really step up when you see it happening at every other position on the field. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and it's last year we often talked about, or last couple of years we talked about, why can't our wide receivers get open? And, I mean, they're getting open now. They're doing decent job running routes. Um, we're, I think, calling more advantageous plays to kind of fit our personnel. But the drops – are mounting and I'm really worried about Malik Knowles I think he still has tons of potential to be easily our number one guy um and to I mean genuinely going into the season I was thinking this guy could be an all big 12 receiver if he fulfills his role but I mean we're we're to the point where I mean we're taking points off of the board because of drops from these wide receivers and you can't I mean, we're talking about, hey, the the conference is wide open. Why the hell not? Let's go let's let's go at least challenge until the last day for a bid to Arlington. And that's just not going to happen if the wide receiver core aren't bringing anything to the table because uh you got to execute in this conference or you're going to be punished by nine offenses. There's one offense out there that's not very good. Eight offenses, I guess. Because we're one. We're one of those teams. We can't play yeah, against no, ourselves. That's true. That's true. That's true. You're, you're correct. Math is sometimes hard for me. So uh, let's let's move on. I wasn't saying we were bad. I could see that you were thinking that I was saying our yeah, offense well, I, was bad. I was like, okay, what's going on here? So, no. Let's let's continue on. Let, let's continue talking about the defense. Move to the defense. Um, do you have any – I've kept this in here. Do you have any concern – with Klanderman, what did you think about the game he called? I think that uh, for the most part, I, I liked it, but but man, I, I felt like there was some situational issues where they where he just dialed up that zero blitz, and I feel like he, everyone saw the just draw or halfback give right up the middle, and 
again, it's been a bit since he's called defenses, and you know, I I'm not saying he's it's never going to get there. I just think that. You know, I'm starting to just at least scratch my head about some of the situational calls that he makes. Yeah, I mean, you can't get more obvious in terms of, like, situational concern with just looking at our third down defense numbers. That's the most important situational coaching that for the defense that you can, that you can focus on. And I don't know if it's Klanderman or it's probably, obviously, it's always a combination of things, but is it is it Klanderman? play call that's been poor on third down or is it our execution from the players what do you think i again i i think that when the the specific times that he dials up those plays that just get shredded up the middle it, it basically forces your players to say hey there is you are all responsible for one gap and if and if you miss that gap it's a touchdown on a third and six in the middle of the field, I just don't like that call. I, again, I like the idea of being aggressive. And, you know, I think you need to pick and choose your spots. But, oh, man, I don't know. The, those two just bother me a little bit. And, and again, may, maybe it is, you know, one linebacker misses his assignment and, I'm, and it goes, and that, that's on the player. But, I don't know, just going all out on that just just scares me a little. I agree, um, but to give him some credit, he did shut out Texas Tech for the first time in like a first half yeah, since for a really long time. A very long time. Um, I mean, we looked really good in the first half dis- defensively, and um, I agree. We just, uh, just small little things, small situational uh, defensive moments that I think need to be improved upon, and hopefully, we can do that going forward. I agree with you. Um, the the only other thing before we start talking about individual position groups. A lot of clamoring. There were some Ask Bosco questions. There was some stuff on Twitter about tackling issues. I, yes, I mean, there are a couple times where it's like, all right, you need to make that tackle. I think that's just the reality of college football ever since they started changing practice rules and then even more so with the lack of practices in 2020. And I think every team thinks they have bad tackling because you watch your team every week. So I think it's more that than actual bad tackling, but I'm open to being wrong, despite what some people think. I am open to being wrong, um, but am I? I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think that's well said, and I, I, I pretty much agree with you. Um, let's talk about the defensive line. Uh, Mr. Khalid Duke, four tackles outside of his penalty. He didn't register any quarterback hits, but I thought he did look like a consistent nuisance uh, White Hubert, two tackles, both for a loss, one pass deflection, two more quarterback hits. I definitely want to talk about him. I thought he played a lot better. Um, Robert Hentz, two tackles. Kamari Gainis, one tackle, and it was the lone sack of the year. And yeah, the first sack well, yeah, Tech had given up. lone sack of the year against Texas Tech. Yeah, Against Texas Tech. First sack that Tech had given up this yep. season. Eli Huggins, one tackle, which was a tackle for a loss. Drew Wiley, one tackle, which was a tackle for a loss. And Jalen Pickle had no tackles, but Pickle the tipper. Is back with two deflections. Um, what did you see from the D line today? And I mentioned Wyatt Huber. Do you think he turned a corner? I mean, what I saw is the ends played a really good game. I thought uh, between Khalid Duke, between Gainus, um, between Wyatt Huber, I thought they played very well. I thought that the defensive line or the interior defensive line left a little bit more to be desired. Um, so, 
yeah, there's a little bit of uh, a problem there. But I, I do think I'm going to give it a net positive because I do think we saw White Hubert uh, turn the corner. I, 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 yeah, had that pass deflection in there, got the quarterback hurries, got tackles both for a loss, and they were in the run game. Again, that was something that we we're clamoring to see him be better in the last few weeks. So, I mean, I'm definitely taking it as a net positive. What about you? Um, what do you think? And then specific thoughts on Hubert. Um, I agree with you that the the D tackles did struggle. They looked just gassed to me. And is our lack of depth catching up with us this early? Possibly. Um, but, yeah, the shining stars of the line definitely were the defensive ends. <clears throat> I thought um, – I mean, I thought Wyatt Hubert looked much better. He's still taking this weird um, angle pretty much every play, but yesterday he was able to close the gap much quicker um, and not leaving, like, wide open running lanes. And But maybe that's maybe we didn't see that because they were having so much success against the tackles they didn't have to run. <laughs> they didn't try to run to the outside too often. But I don't know. I feel definitely better about um, Wyatt Hubert's performance. I'm absolutely love duke uh, that guy's hopefully going to be a star i hope that he can just latch onto this trajectory that he's on and keep it keep it moving but um another thing to note why hubert no stupid penalties so that was an, imp- yes. an improvement yes um let's move on to the linebackers elijah sullivan our boy 12 tackles and one tackle for a loss cody fletcher seven tackles one pass breakup justin hughes five tackles daniel green one tackle what's your big takeaway from the linebacker groups um should we be respecting Cody Fletcher a little bit more? Is he someone that's able to make a bigger impact than we initially thought? Yes. I think Cody Fletcher, again, this is back-to-back weeks where he was really bringing the wood. I was very pleased with Cody Fletcher. I think that you do talk to both Elijah Sullivan and Justin Hughes about trying to come back. I would bring both of them back if they want to. But if they say no – I put the full-on blitz on Cody Fletcher. I think that he has been a real player, and I think he's a guy that needs more respect. He needs to start being mentioned right alongside Elijah Sullivan and Justin Hughes because I think he has been playing that well this season. I agree. I think that's nicely put. Are you concerned that we're not seeing a big jump from Daniel Green, or is it just that he's got too much talent in front of him? No, I'm not concerned. I think that uh, we've seen him at his best, and again – there are games where linebackers can go uh, quiet, and with as good as Cody Fletcher has been playing, he's the third linebacker. I think most of last year, especially when we saw Daniel Green uh, flourishing, he was getting that third linebacker amount of snaps. Um, he's not that far behind Fletcher, so maybe you say, okay, let's see a little bit more, but I'm not worried about it. He has the talent, and we've seen it at times, so I, I, I'm not concerned, but I do think it's time we really start – uh, investing in Cody Fletcher's stock and really starts putting together almost a recruiting pitch to see if we can get him to come back if neither Elijah Sullivan or Justin Hughes want to next year. Yeah, I thought the linebackers played honestly pretty well yesterday. Um, they had a lot to do, and it's hard. It's hard for a linebacker when your defensive tackles are getting gashed so badly. So um, I think provided that they were under – a lot of stress. They played pretty well. Um, let's talk about the secondary. We were missing Lance Robinson, Keandre Thomas, and Ryan Hennington. Wayne Jones played, but he's still on a snap count, it looks like. Um, Echo Boydo got the start at corner, opposite of Justin Gardner. A.J. Parker back at the nickel spot. Do you think – what do you think about that? I, honestly, I, I really think that that 
I, th- I think that that is going to be what we see for us this season. I kind of do too. I, I love TJ Smith and Willie Jones. I think that they're both big time players. And I think that their future is at Nickelback, but man, again, and th- this might be dependent on getting, you know, Lance Robinson, Keandre Thomas back for next week and what's going on with Gardner. Um, but if you have the bodies and the depth at cornerback, I mean, since, since so many weapons in the big 12 are in the slot, I, I mean, I, I think it might be like a net positive to have AJ Parker inside the nickel. And I, it's weird to say that, but I, I really, I really do think that that might be the case. I agree. J Mac second on the team with eight tackles and had a huge interception. Is he our defensive MVP at the moment? Yeah, so far this year, I, I think so, because in the two wins, he's been absolutely massive, led the team in tackles last week, was the defensive player of the year nationally on a couple different publications, um, massive interceptions, just bringing the wood. Like, you know, I think that's where T.J. Smith learned to hit, was the J-Mac school of hard knocks. Uh, so, I, 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 I mean, J-Mac has been everything I would have hoped he would be. I think he has assumed the vocal leader role in not like – the guy, but he's. I've noticed that he's been extremely vocal on the field and on the sidelines, and that's good to see, especially from someone that's playing so well. So, and I, I will mention this before we move on from him. He was in like in like just such a big part of getting T.J. Smith lined up correctly, playing in his first game at safety, um, having J. Mac back there, making sure he was yeah. in the right position. I probably goes unnoticed, and we don't know shit about football, but that really stuck out to me. Ross Elder had five tackles, but those tackles are not what we remember from the game. Um, he struggled quite a bit, um, was caught out at a position, missed some open field tackles that led to one was a touchdown. I mean, you're the safety. you got to be there. you got to make that tackle. Um, a little slow in the, in the passing game. Um, what's going on with Ross Elder? Is it just that – this guy's low on our we're, – we're forced to play a guy that we would not be playing there at this point? Or Yeah, I mean, I think you need Wayne Jones to get back up to 100% as quickly as possible. And, I, you know, I think – I'm sure he's a great guy. And I'm sure he knows his assignments. But I think he reminds me of the last few years of Bill Snyder where you're dealing with guys who, you know, probably know what they're doing. They do the right thing, but the skill just is not there. Yeah, it's not there. You need – nor is the athleticism. Um, it's just – unfortunate and it's a very tough spot to be to be in uh, the safety position where you know you have to have that ability to read the game and that ability to in plays before they happen and I just don't see that with Elder and it, it definitely is a concern going forward our boy Echo Boydo what a great name he had five tackles one tackle for a loss two pass breakups um what a surprise he's been. Yeah, I think he's the best surprise. Uh, maybe Deuce Vaughn, but like on the defensive end, uh, again, we, we said last week, he was in the back of my mind as a transfer candidate. Now, like, I don't think you can take him off of the field. He, If he gets his head around, he's going to make a play on the ball, and that's what I like most about him. There was the one time he almost got mossed uh, right at the end zone, but, you know, wasn't a catch, came, came down out of bounds. But outside of that play – I mean, again, two pass deflections, five tackles, one for a loss. The dude has a nose for the ball. And I, I, I tell you this right now, he's going to get a pick at some point this year. And he's going to crib that. Oh, he's going to crib it because yeah. dude has track speed. Yeah. So I can't wait for the time where he comes down with the ball and then he just takes off. And, you know, clip this, fans, mark this down. He's going to take it to the crib and you guys are going to think, 
why isn't he returning kicks? Because yeah. that that's the type of speed he has. Um, yeah, I agree. He's he's fun and he's got legitimate speed. So I'm hoping to see that. Let's talk about the missile, T.J. Smith. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had four tackles and all of them, maybe three of them, could have been targeting. <laughs> he's he was cracking me up. I mean, he was absolutely flying into every hit and just jawing after every single one of them. He was super excited. Um, he's one of the guys that we were really excited with coming into the season. Um, do you expect him to grow more into this defense? I mean, coach mentioned in the presser that we need to find more ways to get TJ Smith on the field. I completely agree. Yeah, just find where he fits best. If that's safety, then let's roll with him at safety. If that's nickel, find a way to get him in at nickel a little bit more. Uh, dude, I think, is going to win a lot of swagger stickers in his career. Um, and it's all fine and dandy as long as he always makes those hits. But I tell you what, you know, I, I'm, afraid, careful. I'm afraid he's either going to get ejected or there's going to be a time or two where he lines up for the big hit, misses, whiffs, and that's going to – uh, you know, result in a big play. But until that happens, I'm just going to celebrate those, like, old-school hits. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's And I love that he's number seven. I just feel like he's he has the swag to, to break into the team, and you can see it. I mean, he's just murdering people. It's hilarious. Uh, Wayne Jones, Ty Lewis, T. Denson all played but didn't get any tackles. Brock Monty, one tackle. Overall, how would you grade the defensive backs? Uh, I, I'd grade them well, again, Outside of that depth at safety, you have so many playmakers there. Again, if, if Will Jones could get back to being 100% healthy where they feel that he can play at starter snaps, I mean, this is a dangerous or a secondary, very dangerous. Again, you have a guy like Willie Jones who only played a handful of snaps but still got in the backfield. I, I'm just very excited for all these young guys. I am too, and let's talk about the special teams, which had a great game, but before we do that, it's brought to you by our friends at Kansas City, Direct Primary Care, and our boy, Dr. Short. Um, KCDPC offers high-quality primary care at an affordable monthly rate, regardless of insurance status, with no co-pays or hidden fees. That's, like, impossible to find these days. Uh, Dr. Short realizes this audience is mainly men, so let's get down to brass tacks. A lot of men don't like to feel or don't feel like they need a doctor or avoid going. It's true. It's a weird phenomenon. But they'll go spend money on expensive hair loss and erectile dysfunction services like Hims or Keeps. Why would you do that? Or Blue Chew. Or Blue Chew, which is fucking expensive. Uh, <laughs> membership at KCDPC costs the same or less than those services while providing the same medications at a much lower price. Most importantly, Dr. Short is a board-certified primary care physician who can treat a wide spectrum of illnesses and disease. He can even take off that weird mole on your back. I don't have a weird mole on my back. I have a mole on my chest. got some hair on it. Uh, maybe you can take that off for me. KCDPC is excited to announce a bonehead special. 100% off our vasectomy package, pun intended. A fresh cut have the vast deference pairs perfectly with a fresh cut with the lawnmower 3.0. They need to they need to throw in some dough, I guess. He's even putting Manscaped ads in his own ad. What a what a guy. This is a limited time offer for the Boneheads only. Visit them at kcdirectprimarycare.com, which is actually kcdpc.com. Or call 913-730-0331 for more information. Fully endorse those guys, um, Dr. Short. Great doctor, and they have a great team at KCDPC. And it's super affordable, like especially now. Great time to check them out. Definitely. Uh, let's talk first 
Not very sexy. Kicking, kickoff. Blake Lynch, you know, one for one, short field goal, perfect on extra points. I think we can. Is he back? Yeah, I think he's back. I think I think we can say he's back. Um, I'm not I'm not worried about him moving forward. Zentner, good on kickoffs for the most part, but he put one out of bounds. Don't like that. Don't like that. Um, really inexcusable. Every time I see that, I lose yeah. my fucking mind. Do not like it. So return game, but fuck the return. Let's talk about block button again. This time, Seth fucking Porter. Good for him. Um, is there anything more exciting than a block punt? Maybe a return, but man, when you just see it, not not launch off the punter's foot and just you hear that thud, oh, gets me going. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, what are we doing so specifically that's allowing <laughs> us to get – and it's on the first punt of every game. Well, or actually, no, Oklahoma was their last punt. But, but Well, I think that was – their only maybe, punt. Yeah, that was their first punt. Yeah, maybe. But, but also, it, they're, they're all different. Like, one time Willie Jones just comes sprinting down. Another time came off the middle. This time, like, Seth Porter, like, did, like, a jab step. Like, he was – well, he is a wide receiver. It, it's amazing. Um, You know, this is only the second time this century that a team has opened up the season with three straight games with a punt block. I mean, if we can get one more. I mean, that would be a record. It would be amazing. Put, put money on it right now. BetOnline.ag. Do we block one versus TCU? I don't think I would put money on that, but I might have to do it. Um, couple gaffes, one standing out, Phillip Brooks fair catching the ball on the three-yard line. I mean, you just got to let that go. Yeah, have to let go. Easy um, easy thing to correct. Yeah, but he, but he was not out there for the next one. It was our guy Seth Porter. Um, do you think that was just a one-time thing, or do you think they lost a little trust in Phillip Brooks? Um, probably just a, a warning shot, I think. I like it. Um, kick returns. Uh, Malik Knowles was out there since there was no young blood suited up. Didn't quite break anything off. Looks close. Really haven't had a massive return yet. Do you have any concerns uh, about that? And then another, you know, bet online special. Will we take one back in the next two games? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't really threatened at all in the return game. I think – did Knowles take one back to like the 35 yesterday? I mean, he had – both of his were like around 20, 25 yards. Um, it's concerning, I guess, but, you know, we're making up for it <laughs> in another aspect of the special team. So, um, I mean, I expect us to maybe get one or two in the rest of the year. Maybe. Maybe not. But um, we haven't really even come close, so – um, it hurts having Youngblood out, I guess. But do you think of, do you think putting somebody else back there would be a solution? Somebody with some more speed, some fresh vision. I think Echo Boydo. I mean, I, Echo Boydo, Willie Jones, one of those two guys. But again, you also have to have field vision. Yeah. To make, especially on kick return, punt return. Honestly, it's all about catching the punt and making the first guy miss, and then speed from there. Kick off, you need to have the vision. So, we'll see. Uh, punts again, two for two. Uh, or split down the middle. Bloomer had two. Zentner got two. Bloomer long of 43. Zentner long of 37. At least for me, neither one of them has really blown the other one away. But I'm a little surprised Zentner doesn't boom them a little bit because he's shown, at least on kickoffs, he can, you know, if he wants to, he can put it out of the end zone. So I'm surprised that Bloomer seems to be the guy who consistently averages, you know, three or four or five, six more yards per bunt than uh, Zentner. Yeah. Punting is just completely different, though. It's a different science than just running up to a ball and kicking the shit out of it. So, I don't know. Um, I don't really have any concern. I mean, they've been good enough. I think we're not having – it's an obvious step down in the punting department. I was going to say, like, like, on a couple of those punts, like, you could tell how badly we do miss Ankle Again, yeah. I don't think it's cost us anything. 
but you know it, it is a step down it is a step down so that's special teams let's let's grade our keys to v um we'll move through this pretty quick so we can get to the ask bosco questions um so we'll, we'll, we'll be moving pretty quick for the rest of it so let's grade them your first key to v was keep the sh uh, chip on the shoulder refocus I mean, I'm, I'm just going to give it a straight-up A. Yeah. Um, I mean, we started really nicely, looked focused, ready to play. Um, you know, big injury to the quarterback kind of shifted momentum, and then we recovered nicely. It didn't look like we had just come off of a very high emotional win. Thought we looked good. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give it an A. My first one was, uh, you know, establish a running game. I, I mean, yes, that's, a, that's an A as well. I'm not going to go A-plus, but I'm going to go a Again, Texas Tech is one of the worst defenses in the league, so I might have to repeat it again for TCU. But I mean, I think, I think, it, I think it has to be an A. I agree. Uh, my second one is improve on third down, both sides of the ball. I'm gonna, I mean, defensively, it's an F. Um, but I'm gonna give the offense, and I'm gonna give Will Howard and his balls. His stones, his enormous testicles. Do you think he uses the lawnmower three I can. I guarantee he does. Um, he probably has the whole package. Like he's got the underwear, he's got the the crop preserver, the deodorant. He's got it all. Um, where was I? <laughs> Absolutely terrible defensively. I mean, you can't allow that. I mean, that's what allowed them to get back into the game. Being so poor on, you know defense on third downs allowing eight straight awful um but i'm going to give us a slightly passing grade with a c minus because we came up absolutely clutch at the end of the game on third down which sealed sealed the victory um you know percentage wise we weren't great offensively on third down but i'll give us the benefit of the doubt since you said uh both of them together i think c minus is the correct fair account. so um my final one play a clean game of football try to cut out the penalties continue to protect the ball i mean I'm going to give that an A-. minus. A minus. Uh, you, you did have uh, two, I think, pre-snap penalties. Didn't turn the ball over, though, so I'm, I'm going to give it an A-. Minus. Yeah, fair. All right, post-game Ask Bosco questions are brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Like we said at the top, so much stuff to wager on. And they're our exclusive online wagering partner of the entire Armchair Media Network. Let's get into it. Chef Andre Napier, does Will Howard do anything on par or better than Skylar Thompson at this point? Um, I mean, let's really break this down. Is there something that you think that Will does do better than Skylar at this point? I mean, I he might my first be instinct is no. He might be able to throw a long ball better, but we haven't. Right, I just feel that. like we don't have enough evidence for that yet. Um, I mean, he's not a better runner. He looked a little bit nervous in the pocket. Um, his accuracy suffered a little bit. Um, I mean, I'll just say no at this point. Yeah. No, I would but prefer again, to have Skyler. We'll, but. we'll see. We'll see what happens after a full week. Um, should we start or Catsman fifteen? Should we start campaigning Deuce for Heisman? Fuck yeah! Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Get name recognition so he can win it uh, when he has a full year. Chef Andre Napier, how does the running game evolve without Skyler? I think you're going to have to have either Trotter or, uh, yeah, Trotter or, you know, right. One of those two are going to have to step up because you're going to need some inside running because I think Vaughn still needs to be outside because uh, I don't think Howard has the confidence or chops to do the quarterback run game. No, not yet. Um, definitely worried about his read ability um and he just doesn't have i mean from what we've seen so far the speed or the strength that skyler does in the running game um so yeah we're gonna have to open it up for our other backs 
Chef again. Yeah. No Oklahoma, no Texas. Lowest the conference has... Wait. No OU, no UT. Lowest the conference has been since? Question mark. Honestly... Probably a long fucking yeah, time because time. when Texas and OU were down, TCU and Baylor were elite and were knocking on the playoff door. So I don't know. Time. It's been yeah. a long, long time. I mean, we'd have to really but also look back. It's COVID. It's weird season. It is a stupid season, um, but it's wide open. Yep. SSJ Halif, any explanation uh, other than tackling on why the defense is so hot and cold? We talked about tackling at the top. I don't think it's as bad as some of the fans make it out to be. Uh, COVID mixed with practice regulations mixed with just football in 2020. And I don't actually think the defense has been that hot and cold outside of the opener. I think that they exceeded expectations versus Oklahoma, although Oklahoma didn't really put up that many points for Iowa State. So maybe they didn't exceed expectations there. But, I mean, holding Texas Tech to 21 points, I mean, I, I'll take that. So I, yeah. I'm just going to say – you know, let's rock and roll. M shot 360. Does the season outlook change with Will Howard at QB? Right now, yes, but again, we've said it a couple times. Let's see what next week looks like. Agree. Chef, ESPN Plus or FS1 production, which one is worse? Well, we were at I've, the one game with ESPN Plus, and I didn't have a single issue with any of their football. I never basketball. really had a problem with ESPN Plus on my end. It's always been pretty much fine. Um, but I don't like when. Um, Production crews like aren't in studio or well, aren't on site. Yeah, because that is what it's just that's why F S one was horrible because but, like, they the camera no was terrible. Yeah. It that, was just bad. I don't know. I mean it was bad. I don't know. I I've people hate F or ESPN plus, but I've never really had never a problem had with, it. with it. K State Casey, assuming Skyler comes back, should Arlington be the bar of the season? With Will Howard, should Arlington be the bar of the season? Saying the bar means like that's the bar of expectation. I would say no to both of them. I'm saying dare to dream, but but, but that's different than the bar, right? But that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what you. I mean, right now, yeah, you know, dare to dream. Dare to dream. Why not? We've seen top to bottom what the conference looks like, and we've got two decent wins. So why not? Dare to dream. Yep. And honestly, guys, so many great questions, but we are running super long on well, a we lot have like, of the, Oh, shit, there are a fuck Yeah, there's questions. a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. We're, we're, we're running long. Um, you know, let, let, let's seriously do rapid fire. Deuce is the best freshman since. If we're saying football, I would say Josh Freeman. If we're saying any sport, I Foster. would say Foster. Agree. Uh, Jason Tryon, if Deuce put his name in the portal and he'd only come back if you gave up pumpkin beer for the rest of his college career, would you do it? Yes. Easily, of course. Uh, Prez04, after this weekend's result, who do you think will win the conference? I would have to say Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. But we'll see. We'll see. SF Wildcats won. TJ Smith is an absolute beast with multiple playmakers on D. Are we seeing the beginnings of a Lynch mob's return? Possibly. I don't know. Oh, uh, not yet. Maybe. Yeah, not yet, but maybe. Powercat Ryan, can you just speak on how much Deuce means to this team? Yeah, right now, he's fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> Powercat Ryan, what are your best Deuce Vaughn nicknames? He I don't have any. He he's got an amazing him. name. Why would we nickname him well, anything? The next one, uh, Powercat Ryan also. Is COVID forcing the Wildcats to play younger players a positive of this pandemic? I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure. Especially, I mean, yeah, going forward, we're building a great foundation. Definitely. This team is super young. C.J. Kirsch. C.J. Oh. Kirsch. Okay, I'll take it. How optimistic are you guys about sitting at the top of the Big 12 after the amount of injuries we suffered in that win? I mean, I'm not super confident. No. I'm saying dare to dream because everyone sucks, and it's like, why not? We're 2-0. Fuck it. We've got some fun guys. We can maybe 
knock on the door of Arlington. It's possible, but I'm, it's not my expectation by any means. Yep. One game at a time, truly. Yeah, yeah. Unless we beat TCU, then we'll talk about it for two weeks. Kobe 7 It might be early to tell, but is climbing ahead of schedule with the program? Yes. I mean, we thought that this year was going to be a below 500 year. I think we are ahead of schedule. Um, Brett Morey won. Is Tech now at the Baylor level of hate for you? They are for me. No, but, I mean, that that cheap shot is going to be in my head as a fan for a really long time. Yeah, me too. Evan D. Shannon-Alak. <laughs> Shannon-Alak. Shannon-Alak. Um, say Skylar is out three games but healthy by OSU, and we get three wins. What does the QB situation look like? Uh, well, we'll depends on how well yeah. he looks. But we'll have to have a conversation. Shit. Yeah, we'll definitely – it would be a conversation to be had. Brett Moore won. How many games does K-State have to get to before they start seriously considering them a Big 12 title contender? The word seriously changes it. You have to win versus TCU, KU, and West Virginia. You're 5-0 and when you play Oklahoma State. That's when you can be a serious contender. You can start talking about it a little bit more if we beat TCU. M.M. Harris, 04. How many more wins? Oh. Wait, yeah. what? How many more wins would it take for you to consider it a successful season? Three. Yeah. Five and five? Five hundred. Sure. Um, and Purple D. Hazen, winner of the Big 12 record, or has what? In, bleh, winner of the Big 12 has what record in conference play? Six and three. I think so. Six and three. All uh, right. Game, game ball time. time. Yep, let's do it. Uh, you guys know the rule. We both have two game balls. One offense, one defense. We can sub special teams and the swagger sticker for just a little bit of extra recognition. Grant, we're going to start with you. Who gets your first game ball? Deuce Vaughn. He is our offense. Um, one of my favorite players in the last in my lifetime already. He's played three games, and I'm absolutely in love with him. He gets the offensive game ball. I love it. Mine is going to Mr. Bradley Moore. Again, massive two catches, and I think he might have the single greatest tight end uh, season that we've ever had, and that's in a shortened season. Grant, who's getting game ball number two from you? I'm struggling over this, but I'll go with I'll go with Sullivan. I mean, he had 12 tackles. Um, he was pretty much everywhere, asked to do a lot. I uh, thought he played well. Yep, I'm going to go with J-Mac, and I think that might have been a little more difficult than you because I started putting my game ball picks in here before I sent you the outline, so I always get my first pick. You, you get the interception, you get all the tackles, emotional guy setting up the defense, got to love it. Who's getting your swagger sticker? Will Howard, true freshman coming into the game um, in a tough situation and you know had to close the game out, had to get the lead back, and he did it, showed some stones, showed some courage. Um gets my swagger sticker yep mine's going again hijack the easy one tj smith dude has swag loves to bring the hammer so there it is again sorry for running long um you know i think our goal is to be a little bit closer to an hour 15 instead of an hour 30 but you know people it love us it, they, it's they a win listen. we're grifters we don't know shit about football and everyone hates us but you know what i don't care um i just want to say love you guys uh let's keep rocking let's have fun let's see what happens versus tcu we'll be coming to you midweek with the tcu preview um yeah that's all i got this is an enormous game tcu oh it's it's massive you again you find a guys we, we, find a way to win that then you're going into a bye week and then you got ku and west, west virginia yeah this is massive and fucking a i have a goddamn wedding at the exact I same know. time i'm gonna be melting down so we'll, we'll see what happens we'll I see i bet you'll still like You'll text I'm, me midweek and be like, I- "I'm gonna watch the game." I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna be on. I'm not. It, it, it's a friend, someone who I've been friends. You won't with. watch it after. 
I mean, I'll watch it, but I, I don't want – I don't know how quickly I'll be able to. So, you know, spoiler alert, I might not be on the postgame pod. I'm planning on not, but we'll see what happens. So, huh, it's we'll massive. See. I'm already nervous for it, but this is good. I love being sports nervous. Oh, me too. Um, I'm, yeah, it's – I mean, remember when how fans much better – Remember when fans started to be like, oh, this season doesn't matter? How much fucking better do we feel? I mean, Arkansas State was a month ago, and we were like – God damn it. Like, fuck this season. And now it's going to be every day this week. I'm going to be absorbing all the content I possibly can. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm back. I'm sucked in. When we win this game, yeah, we're we're in great shape. We're 3-0, top of the Big 12. And Having a let's laugh. keep it going. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, meet me at the cat.